0: you don't get well, what does discourage you
1: nothing discourages me because <laughs> yeah, <I love> that. <laughs> nothing nothing no, no, nothing truly discourages me because um your show in your show you deal with death in your show you, you deal with death mm. right um so i'm not one to get discouraged because i don't believe in death welcome to your
0: eulogy I met Floyd Williams on an unseasonably cold September morning in Frogtown st. Paul he was leading a free community yoga class but because it was so cold no one came but me we did comedic yoga in which you'll learn all about what comedic yoga is in this episode and afterwards he gave me like a 20 minute like history of yoga um, seminar and it was really cool Um it was all about, like, Egypt and comedic yoga and the comedic culture and comedic healing and all of that. Anyway, guess what? A year later, when I started this podcast, I remembered how cool this person was. And so I called him up, and he agreed to be on the podcast. Um, he is an honest and wonderful person. And I really enjoyed this episode, and I know that you will uh, enjoy it as well, just because he is a singular human Um And that's all I got to say with it. Here is the theme song. Or eulogy, the podcast where we talk to someone about their life so that we can talk to them about their death. Um, today's interview, I have Floyd Williams, um, who is a uh, comedic yoga practitioner and teacher. He also does comedic reiki. Did I say that right? Yes, reiki, um, ear candling, aura photography, stones, crystals, tarot readings. Did I get most of the uh, the things that you're into?
1: Yes, yes, you did for for the um, for the main part. I think you said ear candling. I do ear candling, stones and crystals, comedic reiki, comedic yoga, or photography, energy readings.
0: Floyd, uh, what's your website?
1: My website is thoughthealing.info. That is T-H-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-A- L I N G dot info, thought healing dot info.
0: Yeah, and um, you can find him on Facebook. Um, he's got a lot of good stuff on that. Is it just Floyd Williams?
1: Floyd Williams. All right. Uh, four books published.
0: Oh, yeah, the books. Um, you have um, The Book of Self, a thesis on energy and how it interrelates, Unspoken Truth. The Origin of Racism and the Holy Black Papyrus. Yes. You get that right. Um I kind of um you just did The Book of Self, right? That's your most recent. Correct. Um do you feel most passionately about that one right now? Yes, I do. All right. <laughs> what 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 do you what do you like about it or what what's driving you with the um the ideas in it?
1: Well, what's driving me with the book itself—a uh, thesis on energy and how it interrelates—it's not necessarily so much the ideas, but it's about the, it's about the spirit. It's about that which is natural, nature, um, what some people identify as science, you know. But it's about the Zeitgeist, the time and the spirit of the day, which is what I'd like to refer to it as being the age of dispensation and um, information with the veil, with the veil uh, of mystery, secrets, that which is um, coveted by man in the realms of, of, of knowledge and information that they think um, is secret and only a few should know. Um, this is what I'm getting into in the book itself with these energy and how it interrelates.
0: Yeah. That, that's um, that's a whole lot. <laughs> um, would you say perhaps, um, oh yeah, I, I always forget that. Um, I started each episode with a joke. Uh, <laughs> I tried, I, the first couple episodes they were okay but I'm kind of running out of jokes about death but let's see if you like this one. So there are there's this bird flying across the ocean and it gets about halfway and there's another bird sitting in the water drowning. And the bird that's drowning is like, "Come help me, help me." And the bird's like, "I can't help you, you know. I'm in flight." Yeah, like sorry. And the drowning bird's like, "Man, I wish I was as strong as you. So strong you can fly across the ocean." Hmm. The flying bird goes, "I'm not I'm not strong, I'm smart." And the bear goes what do you mean you're smart And he's like well i knew that i could fly across the ocean before i started
1: yeah yeah <laughs> that's right hey that's 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 hey, that, hey. <laughs> that's good and you know what that's wisdom too in that joke <laughs> that's good and that's wisdom too in that joke because sometimes before you commit to things that's that's about being you have to be honest with yourself and you know and just know that um in this whole thing of life is trial and error. We learn as we go and we're babies even though they say the earth is four and a half million years old. They said we got a common ancestor named mitochondria Eve uh, who, uh, who they traced back to 200,000 years. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying and everything else. Um, you know, but we're still young as a people.
0: Uh, when did you get into comedic yoga? And comedic yoga is um Egyptian yoga right Kemetic is the ancient word for Egypt
1: that is Mm -hmm. true it's the ancient original word for um for Egypt which is Kemet it's also the word um for Ham when you read in the Bible when it mentions the the sons of Noah Shem Ham and Jepeth Ham is Kim and sometimes when you um get into the etymology and the root of the word uh specifically dealing with the um the Hebrew language um, and dealing with the Kabbalah and everything but dealing with the Hebrew language basically sometimes you'll see a, ver- a spelling variation for Ham as Kim you'll see it K-H-E-M you'll see it C-H-A-M you'll see it um K-H-E-A-M um, mm-hmm. you know but all those v- different spelling variations means black it means black and In the biblical story, um, Ham would have been regarded as like the progenitor and of
0: Ham's just a name, right? Not like Ham as in pig.
1: No, Ham is more than a name, but when you deal with the biblical perspective,
0: but they're not talking about pigs,
1: right? Not, no, they're not talking about pigs, not talking about boars, but um, these names, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, each one, when you analyze it from the biblical perspective, each one. Is regarded as a progenitor of um, people of people or races in different um, regions or parts of the world. And Ham is regarded as the progenitor of Ethiopia, okay. Egypt, and so these names of each people represents um, different people and have races throughout yeah um different regions or countries
0: and in like the 1970s and 80s there was kind of a resurgence or movement kind of promoting all of this and Mm -hmm. that's where comedic yoga um came about where they started to trace back yoga to egypt uh, based off of like hieroglyphics and um there's one character i can't remember their name um and am i getting this kind of right
1: Um, I believe I know where you're hitting, and I think the deity or the god that you was making reference to would be the god He, which is H-E-H. And I think you're trying to make reference to the poles of immortality that might have been on the back of King Tut's stool, his golden stool, or one of his um, thrones. It's the god He, and He is the god of um, immortality. And yeah, and he was in a yoga pose on the back of King Tut's um King Tut's chair. And this is where they seen the they seen this stool and it dawned on them and Epiphany went off and said, Hey, these is yoga poses that they are in, and started um organizing it and um and so that's the was the main birth really of comedic yoga how we have it and identify with it today
0: kind of curious as to what you think of the idea of like comedic yoga and and the like original like races of people how much of that do you think is informed by american history i don't know do you you understand what i'm asking i'm trying to see like what part of our american history has helped um helped you uh, and other black people find uh, like a common ancestry and a common um history because of how like violent our american history is
1: um well i just have to give credit to my uh to my father you know floyd senior um to my mother uh as well um i wouldn't give credit to um to america or to the education that it, or uh, information that it probably would have imparted in me, because um, dealing with the public school system, it simply was not there. It simply, it simply just wasn't there. Mm. And um, you know, yeah, it's, it simply wasn't there. Now I would say that uh, America helped me in a sense of. Um, depriving me of knowledge of self and t- history and a true depiction of myself was that it made that it uh, fed my hunger, you know, of really wanting to know myself. Because looking at the picture of how everything is moving and transpiring in the different so called um, levels, right, or casts, you know, of society, when you look out at it, and you see the variations um in treatment, yeah, um, that right there is what uh jumped out to me and spoke uh and spoke to me uh my the spoke to me, spoke to my spirit and said, Hey, this you're way greater. Your people um is way greater. You know this is not right yeah and, and something's, the, off. So, something's off and by the mere fact of a person or a people having to having to find out who they are having to search for who they are have to um do everything to dig and find out who they are is um evidence that something is wrong Something isn't right with the picture because nobody on the face of the earth or planet outside of the uh, outside of the black family have to find out who they are. They don't have to ask who they are. They don't have to, um, you know, invest thousands and thousands of dollars um, in books, doing research, trying to find out who they are, where they came from what happened nobody else has to go through this um this plight and uh madness of searching of who they are of searching for their history searching for their culture searching for their identity okay so um that's how america uh affected me uh and motivated me to look beyond the so called the so-called veil because just even naturally my voice and spirit inside of me said "Nah, this ain't right this isn't you Yeah. don't you conform to this and get in line to this
0: I always thought it was kind of insulting and a little bit racist the way that there are all these documentaries about the pyramids being made by aliens Yeah. like they don't think people (laughs) could make incredible things back in the day
1: yeah it um, certainly is
0: does it bother you how sometimes um some of the um you kind of have to share a space with sometimes people that are into auras and healing and stuff that you're into are also into aliens building the pyramids
1: well you know I don't I don't get caught up in that uh neither here nor there cause I understand uh the world and the environment I understand the aim uh, behind the attributing the pyramids with with being built by aliens, and that's as you pointed out, as you pointed out, for Africans, blacks, African Americans throughout the world, not to make and establish connections to ourselves. And, and also, and so I don't, I don't, I don't get caught up in that cause I totally understand that it's the same principle with them even um, trying to say when they came up with the concept of the Middle East. They came up with the concept of the Middle East because first of all, East can never be in the middle because it's the East and East is extreme right. It's almost like it's almost as if we have a line. If we have imagine in your mind a horizontal line, you see, and, and on each end of these lines, you would have west and you would have east. East is extreme right and it could never be in the middle. It can never. The east could never be in the middle. So the Middle East was a fictional place that was created. So that so that uh-huh. they could remove Egypt out of Africa. Now they call Egypt the Middle East, and they try to remove this country from Africa by calling it the Middle East. Yeah, and it's no and they dissociate it from Africa.
0: Um, what, what I think is funny about that is um, this just shows what you know what it's like to um, grow up white in a racist country where I. I remember learning about egypt um and it wasn't I got pretty old until somebody like pointed out that Egypt was in Africa, and I was like, "What are you talking about
1: exactly <laughs> but all those
0: movies is isn't egypt like some island like floating like off of Europe some you know in like the Mediterranean um but it's true that that um yeah that's that's just a, a sad reality. Uh, what phrase did you use? You said you don't let, you don't get hung up on. Or discouraged. You don't get, what does discourage you?
1: Nothing discourages me. (laughs) Because. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Nothing, nothing, nothing truly discourages me because um, your show, in your show, you deal with death. In your show, you you deal with death. Mm. Right? Um, So I'm not one to get discouraged because I don't believe in death. Um, And also, I look at what we identify as the reality. This um, means a way of existence, how we are in now, this particular form. I know and understand that it's an illusion, that it's not real and that. As Pierre, as Pierre D. Thilhard, um says, he defines us as, the quote is, we are not, we are not, um, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, but we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So I understand that this is only a ephemeral and a temporary mm. stage That we are in on earth and earth is just a training ground designed for us to use what you were talking about, the front of the brain, the frontal lobes, right? To use the intelligence, to use the rationale, to use the logic, to tap in to ourself, right? To tap in to um, the higher self, Right To tap into the Supreme Being or the universal Spirit to make that connection. This is the training ground um, for that. and that's it. So this is this life here is just about experiences. And so, um, I don't get discouraged because I know it's made up of vicissitudes, ups and downs, mm. trials, um, that which we identify as death. I know this is what it is and everything that transpires everything that transpires is really designed for our betterment and for our advancement for us to learn and extract a lesson from it and simply move on I interpret and analyze everything energetically with me everything is energy and I interpret everything energetically and focus on that which I know I'm supposed to receive from whatever transpires, whether it's good or bad, um, negative or positive, um, and that's that. So my means of advancing is not looking at things as right or wrong and yeah, and, and just keeping moving forward. It's, it's about making a contribution and moving forward so I don't get caught up on, I don't, get deterred because this is how I analyze everything and look at everything that happens.
0: Yeah that's great to be able to remove the binary of good or bad Um, have you been have you had to work through all this to get to this point by have you had like um, close um, friends or family die and you had to.
1: You know what that's the excellent question because my birth actually came through death Mm-hmm. you know my birth actually came through death right so me really embracing that which I know I was supposed to as far as dealing with my higher calling and my purpose why I chose to um, incarnate right
0: are, are it, you saying your birth had I'm, to do I'm, with death
1: what I'm saying is who I am where I am today and me actually embracing my real self and my purpose It came through death When my father physically transitioned Or parted this this physical world Parted his physical body When he died And May 28th, 1999 When he transitioned That was my birth Because um, during this particular phase In my life When this really happened This is when I really was like you know what I started really associating and moving in life very differently because my father was my best friend Mm -hmm. um, so he most definitely was present he was my best friend we was very close and so not for him to be removed and then for me to even witness and see him to see him transpiring you know I seen him before he died You know, I literally watched it. And so to see it, that really was like, Floyd, you need to do something. You know, why am I here? What is life? What is my purpose? You know what? I want to get away from some of the material. You know, I'm really. So this is when I really start like, you know, it's time to transcend, elevate, you know, establish a more deeper intimate relationship, um, you know, with myself. So that's what I'm referring to through his death was my birth yeah like your rebirth right yeah my rebirth great a great contribution to that
0: that's beautiful um so often for the most part whenever i talk to people about grief it's something you have to deal with um and it never goes away and it's and it and rarely is it phrased in a way that um that it, it almost sounds like a gift um for you to be able to go through that with your father and to get that perspective um it's like he's ushering in it's like he's going ahead of you to get things ready
1: most definitely and that's what we do you know that's the spirit that you have to have and this is why um this is why you have to evoke invoke and call on your ancestors because your ancestors do go before you Remember all that exists is energy energy can never be destroyed all it could be only thing it could be done with energy be changed and it could be transformed you see what I'm saying so our physical loved ones when they die they're still alive you see their energy their spirit is still there and when you call them when you mention a being's name it respond, right? The same way people call on various different revered, um, revered so called saints. Rather you identify God as a God, Jesus, uh, Muhammad, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, Zoroaster, whoever, whatever. You know, um, that's just is what it that just is what it is with that. But our ancestors that go before us and what am And so it's a phrase that I like. Um, Isu and nanaki. Isu and nanaki is an African phrase, but it basically means we come on our ancestors' shoulders. And that's just, you know, what it is.
0: Yeah. What do you you like to do? I, I keep trying to, like, give me an example of something in your life that isn't this um beautiful healing journey like when you're just hanging out with your friends <laughs> do you, do you do anything normal like well, go for, to like burger king and get some fries or
1: you know i go to Wendy's and get fries but, <laughs> 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 but uh, you know uh you know for me this is this what it is so between what it is that i do with writings with yoga with reiki with ear candling, anything that i do stones and crystals all of it's one and it's integrated for me it's not separate see it's one integrated and it's not separate um it's not separate for me and so dealing with recreation right when you go outside you go to school you in um elementary school okay pre-K whatever it is on those lower levels they let you go outside for recreation you see what i do It's no separation between it and my life. It's one, right? It's a lifestyle. It's not a hat that I pick up uh, and I put on and take it on and off. It's one for me. And, you know, it's just one. It's just one. It's no separation. There's no separation between it. But dealing with the word recreation, learning and doing what you have embraced, Nothing is supposed to be funner than that. Nothing is greater than that. Nothing is more enjoyable than that. The reinvention, the building of yourself, the shaping, fashion, and making of yourself is supposed to be the most funnest and it's number one. In the word recreation is two words. Recreation is recreation. So in these periods when you is immersed in your work and your study, doing what it is, everything you say you was about, that's you. You're at home, you're at home. So go ahead and do this eulogy. So, you know, give me a little example though.
0: Of like what I would say?
1: Yeah, give me a little example.
0: Um, If I would do my eulogy, it would be something like, um. You know, mine's really simple because I've thought about it. And it's just, like, I tried hard. Tried hard. <laughs> tried hard. And Then I died.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, that's a good example. I'm ready. I so, mean,
0: I, I could give you a, a bigger one. I mean, no. some people do joke ones, uh, different mediums. They'll pretend that, like, it's, it's something different.
1: Um, okay. I'm good. I'm good. So, um... Here's my, here is Floyd Williams' eulogy. Okay. Um, Floyd Williams chose to, Floyd Williams chose to incarnate, to come here on earth for a mission, which was um, involving um, saving his people, working with people and healing and trying uh, to be just a beacon of light um, trying just to be a beacon of light and keeping his ancestors alive and trying to make a sound contribution to his works. One thing about Floyd is that while he was here he believed in the red, black, and green, uh, believed in knowledge itself and in uh, wholeheartedly believed in the power, of energy and Floyd would not want people necessarily you know crying over him but just would just want to be remembered um as a person who operated from a spirit of love and wholeheartedly want to see the goodness and advancement of people and he was not one that um that actually feared death because he knows that while he was here, he did that, which um, he was supposed to, and fires helping people and making a contribution. And so with that, uh, Floyd Williams made his transition and um, is at peace with himself.
0: Beautiful. That was wonderful. Um, this has been Your Eulogy. Um, thank you to Floyd Williams for um, spending some time educating us and giving us some great ideas. Um, today's episode was uh, produced, edited, and the music was done by me, Matthew Schneeman. For any comments or if you need to connect, um, the email is your mail at gmail.com. That's your Yuli Gmail, like M-A-I-L, at Yuli at gmail.com. Thanks again.